Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about whether or not explosive athletes should be doing long-distance running. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here this week answering another great question from you, our listeners, our watchers, anybody that checks out our podcast. Submit your questions so we can answer them, ask away. Head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link and fill out the form. Um, that's how this keeps going, right? We're, we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. We're not just making up these questions ourselves. So keep asking away. There's always some good ones. Um, you know, I'm sure today's going to be another great episode. So so keep them coming. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm joined by the crew here, Champion P Team Performance. We got Dan Dan Pope, Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Mike Scaduto, Lisa Russell, Dewesh Podell, all here answering your questions. Len, what do we got here? Do yeah. we have re- repeat, repeat questions now, this, which is yeah, about three really weeks ago. This was this was the formation about three, four weeks ago, and now this is we're back. Um, usually in these episodes, they wear their school colors and shirts. So I can't tell if they are, but um, yeah, where we go, Kentucky. Uh, so batting leadoff, we'll have Fish Ben Fisher. Who played baseball at some Division One school, and they got drafted, right? I think that's a little known fact that you were drafted. Wow. Yeah, Ben was Ben. Ben played uh, minor league baseball. Zach Leal uh, had a cup of coffee at Clemson baseball, um, and we have Fonzie, hey. Chris Afonso <laughs> yeah. hey. from Claxton University. Hey, I was on mute. Sorry. Hey, was that too late? <laughs> Dang it, man. We're getting. All right. Ah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, what do we got? Uh, what do we got, Ben? Okay. So Natalie from Florida asks, there seems to be a lot of debate about explosive athletes like baseball pitchers performing steady state conditioning and low intensity running. Is there a benefit to this in athletes or should they just stick to sprints? I I, I like even the phrasing of the question. Why does everything have to be a debate, right? Is debate negative (laughs) tone, right? I mean, uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, this is, I think this is a popular topic right now about, uh, you know, athletes, especially ones that aren't doing steady state long distance for their sport, right? To do this, you know, do we train that way, right? Um, and I'll just start the episode off with pure nonsense as usual and, uh, and, and, and share, I think kind of a funny thing, but like at, at one point in time, we had t-shirts made, you know, with, with, with the Red Sox when I was with the Red Sox that said, um, I, I don't, I don't run the ball to the plate. 
right for the pitchers the pitchers always make up funny t-shirts right but you know that that's one of, that was one of their 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 big phrases right is that they don't run the ball to the plate why am i doing running right that's that's it so um obviously that's short-sighted which we'll, we'll get into but uh i you know i i think that's i think that's a lot of a lot of uh what goes into this a little bit here too and and um i like what you put in there natalie about the explosive aspect of the athlete right is you know just long distance running like decrease explosion you know you know capabilities and stuff like that i think i think that's pretty cool so i don't know who wants to start this you want to start this dewey or yeah why don't you start off dewey and i don't know obviously i want to hear your thoughts but i also want to hear what 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 you recommend for our athletes here at champ yeah so i i think i think there's been this stigma about long distance running or, or cardio in general really for the explosive athlete right that people are saying like oh all you gotta do is explosive work or, or all you gotta do is sprint well i think we got to take a big step back right what what is what are the big benefits that we get from aerobic training in general aerobic capacity training um and long distance train long distance running is just a means to an end right it's just a way to perform cardiac output work so i think that's kind of where we got to start um, so I think it's not, you know, an absolute crime to have someone do a little bit of running, do a little bit of cardiac output work, but it's got to be done at the right time, right? So if we're, let's say, prepping someone for um, a baseball season, right, and we're in like a late off season phase, they're approaching um, like tryouts, preseason, whatever it may be, and if we're still just primarily hammering in aerobic work, that means we're probably missing the boat a little bit. Right. But if early on in the off season, if we want to do a little bit of cardiac output work, because we know that having a good aerobic base improves overall recovery, um, you know, it's a pretty good way to build a little bit of tolerance to in the tissues um, from like a tendon standpoint and a muscular standpoint. So we know that, you know, there's good benefits to it. We just got to make sure that we're, we're doing it in the right time frame from a periodization standpoint. And then obviously it's a little bit more of like the, the what, what's the primary focus. Right. If my primary way to train the explosive baseball player is just long distance running, then we're missing the boat. But if we're doing a little bit of long distance running, a little bit of cardiac output work, and then doing a lot of explosive power work, you know, a lot of like heavy lifting and all those kind of come in conjunction together, then we're probably making a really good overall athlete. Right. And this is something that I've, I've been kind of saying to a lot of parents recently too, because the parents ask these questions quite a bit also is I think we got to start with the athlete first in general, right? Or we can even take a step back and say, we got to start with the human first. We know that a human being is meant to run and be aerobically conditioned to some capacity, right? We have that as like our base layer of potentially moving on to being a good athlete. Once we have that human layer, right, that needs to be able to run, be able to do aerobic work, then we start going into the, the athlete in general, right? At that point, it's, all right, can this athlete run, sprint, jump, cut, throw, you know, all the things that make a general athlete. After that, we start getting into a little bit more of like the specific athlete and maybe that specific position within that sport. So like a baseball pitcher that has to throw a baseball, you know, 60 to a hundred times a game, it's, you know, that's very specific demand. How do we prep those specific qualities for the pitcher is a different discussion than how do we prep a human to potentially be a better pitcher. So that's kind of how I look at it, right? I kind of run through that entire spectrum. What are the missing pieces? that could potentially help this baseball player be a better baseball player. And I, I, I like what you said there. I think it's, it's really short sighted to think like, you know, like we're talking about long distance running instead 
of explosive training mm-hmm. or sprint work. That's like, that's a silly, that's why these debates, I think are silly. That's why I hate these debates is like, is anybody not doing explosive power work and just doing long distance running? Well, yeah, of course that's suboptimal. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I think there was a big thing with, with these uh, explosive athletes is that like, if you train slow, you'll play slow. Right. And, and I, you know, there may be something to that if that is your only type of training, but man, I just, I don't think anyone really, really took it that way. Right. It's, you brought up a lot of good points, Dewey, but like even like tendon health, I thought that was a great point, right? Like tendon joint health with like, just like of that, that low impact kind of training for long duration of time. Uh, But really, man, it's about being a good athlete, right? It's about like increasing that athletic capacity. And that, that is, that is a component of athleticism. Right. Um, so I'm looking at the MLB first round draft that happened about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago now. Um, and I'm looking at there's there's six high school shortstops that were drafted in the first round, which is large. Right. And those are they're the best athletes. I guarantee you they all have great, uh, you know, long distance running ability and stuff like that. Right. Because they're the better athletes on on their team, probably. And you start to, to kind of you know, see that a little bit. So um, I think that's pretty interesting. Now we're dealing with a lot of explosive sports. Lisa, you have any insights from your world, which is a little bit more about endurance and, 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 you know, how can you help us with this debate? Yes. First, first I have a question. What is long distance running for a baseball player? I mean, solid point. Well, I, yeah, I know, right? I mean, I, I, I guess it's more, it's just like steady state, low, you know, low intensity cardio. Like, yeah, because in my head, long distance running is like 10 to 20 miles. <laughs> like, probably, probably closer to like two to five. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know if that, I mean, that would be aggressive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in baseball, like they, they run poles a lot, which is just they run the outfield, like around the outfield, like back and forth a little bit. And that's kind of what they do. And yeah, I mean, you know, not, not everybody likes to run. I get it. So I think people are always looking. Yeah. That, what do you think? Are we, yeah, we're, this is really kind of funny that somebody would think that that would have a negative output. It's so little work, right, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, that's right. In, in comparison to what long distance means in kind of the bubble of people that I tend to interact with, that's that's like, that's your warm up, you know? So, um, but I, I mean, from from the like rowing kind of standpoint, like that's where it's, it's an interesting sport in, in terms of like the energy systems that you have to be able to train. Um, because you do, you need those, like, if we're, if we're just talking about like a 2k race piece, okay. Which is like eight or fewer minutes, typically, um, you have a start, which is really fast and explosive. And then you have the middle chunk of the race. And then you have the finish, which is really fast and explosive. So you have to be able to have that explosiveness, but then that middle chunk is sort of your like long distance like training piece right where if you if you've done all the like really long slow miles your ability to maintain a really fast speed in that middle chunk and not get tired so you can be really explosive on either end is kind of like how running training works so like in that in that aspect you you need both you can't be an effective rower without both um so to in the sense of like i mean it's not a debate within the rowing world i wouldn't think in terms of that but if anything they fall maybe a little shorter of the like specific explosive training. That's not like rowing specific explosive um, because you, you just, you have to have the capacity for both or you're not going to be effective. 
I, I love that you brought that up, Lisa. And I think that's, that's a really, that's a really interesting point because it's all about, you know, that cardiac output and aerobic capacity has a lot of impact on fatigue and endurance over time. And I think that's the really interesting point. Like we learned that from one of our former strength coaches, like Christy Zermulin, who's, you know, an elite college soccer player, right? And that was kind of her passion was this aerobic capacity stuff. She really opened my eyes to some of these short-sighted debates and stuff like on how aerobic capacity is so important for stuff. But in baseball pitching, just using this as an example, as quite an explosive sport, right? You explode for less than a second and then you do nothing for, you know, 25 seconds, right? Um, we, we actually have statistical analysis that show that pitchers fatigue faster and they get worse later in the game if they have too short of um seconds per pitch you know in between and uh, the length in between pitches the length between innings the length between games yeah, everything we have is all about how fast they fatigue out and that's how most pitchers succeed so anything we can do to build aerobic capacity which i do think is part of that right it is a little bit of that it's not just strength power and and, and muscular endurance it is some aerobic capacity i think is is pretty you know is pretty important so yeah Anybody else? I think, yeah, I think we nailed that pretty good. Dewey, what else you got? Yeah. yeah I just wanted to add one last point. Cause I think, I think a lot of people do get hung up on like the methods of this. And this is actually again another thing that um, I learned from Christy a little bit. And then even, even Mike Boyle talks about this a little bit. Right. Um, is I think when we start talking about cardiac output work, I think we got to realize again, what, what is it that makes something a cardiac output type work? Right. What, what is the energy system kind of demanding from the body? And like the the biggest like baseline information that we know like a surface level understanding of this stuff is if someone is kind of spending quality time in that like 120 to 150 heart rate zone right and kind of like staying in the, like in that parameter we're dealing with some aerobic training so there's some easy ways to kind of sneak in some of this stuff um i would argue especially for like the the younger kids that you know might need a little bit of um cardiac output work is sometimes a lot of their like early warm-up section um you know maybe even their like early phases of their speed agility power stuff like a lot of that stuff can be kind of spilled over and, you know, become this aerobic training section where they're spending time being in that 120 to 140 heart rate zone. Right. And we're not like really, really emphasizing the power aspect for some of these kids. Um, and then for the older athletes, again, if we do like a very thorough, big dynamic warm up section, that could also keep them within that range for quite a bit of time. And we know that, you know, exposure of, you know, if you look at even like the um, ACSM guidelines from way back in the day, I think they talk about like the, the 60 to 90 minutes of aerobic work throughout the week um, is enough to induce a response to improve um, cardiac output, decrease heart rate and all that stuff. So, you know, if we just kind of layer that on over the course of the week, you know, it, it could be enough to induce that response. Um, now, if we're looking for like really high level performance, will we need a little bit more, a little bit more dedicated cardiac output training? Probably, right? But I think we got to start understanding that there's ways to kind of sneak in some of this stuff and, you know, really make sure that we, we get it into our our kids, you know, weekly training plan. And, and I think that's why, you know, when we get into debates that are so specific, like, so sprints versus long distance running, right. And the answer is always going to be something in the middle, right? I mean, we say that about everything, right? The answer to everything is always going to be in the middle. But when, when you have that, I think then what you're doing is you're picking a side and then that's, you know, that's not finding that middle ground. And, you know, Dewey just brought up a lot of great points on how, you know, aerobic capacity can be built in so many different ways and at so many different levels. I would sure hate for somebody to, to neglect that just because they, you know, read some articles on the internet and they're anti long distance running now, which, 
I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think we got to think a little bit more than that. There's, you know, there are no black and white answers to black and white questions. It just, it just, it doesn't exist in the real world with athletes. So um, awesome. Great stuff. Good episode again. Thanks so much. Great answers, everyone. I appreciate everybody on this, this zoom call, helping you out answering your questions. So if you have them, keep them coming, micround.com, click on that podcast link, go to Apple podcast and Spotify and rate review, subscribe. So that way we can keep doing these episodes and helping you out along the way. Thanks so much. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.